0: welcome to the deep dive emerald city hockey's seattle kraken podcast rj the off season is officially over training camp starts later this week for the seattle kraken in fact rookie camp starts today so we got to try to you know get this podcast out uh here pretty quick this recording because you have to take off soon to go and cover that uh we're going to talk about all of our like you know training camp, rookie camp, kind of questions that we want to see answered, kind of try to make this like a training camp primer podcast for you all. Uh, Talk about those things in addition to hearing about your experience, RJ, as you went through, uh, I guess, I don't want to say like a training camp of your own, but you got to experience a little bit last week, what it's going to be like for everybody this week, as you yourself was coached on the ice by one Dave Haxtall. So super excited to hear all about that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Give us a little bit of insight into what uh, the Kraken are going to go through this week. Maybe. We'll see. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think we can kind of just get into things. Don't really have a cold open. Just super excited about season two, like officially being here. Training camp finally getting here after the the long, long off season. So RJ... Last week, but I mean, before we can get into all that, we do have to answer the burning question from last week because so many people did take time to give us their opinions. Uh, last week, asked the question: Who wins in a fight? A thousand ducks or one kraken? Um, you've had a week to think about it, RJ. What What are you going with?
1: I have to back the kraken here. I, I've thought about it. I've examined the different scenarios uh i i have to go with the kraken here and I, I can get into my reasoning a little bit more i feel like you might disagree but the kraken i well first of all ground rules we're assuming this fight happens in the water because if not it's not much of a conversation <laughs> yes it's in some deep water it's in in the kraken's habitat yeah
0: i, I feel uh, like i feel like it has to happen in a place a, a plane in which both can reasonably exist in order for it to be considered yes. a fair fight yeah
1: all right so we'll start there think the Kraken, basically, this is just going to be a feeding frenzy for the Kraken. I mean, we know a Kraken can take down, you know, even ships and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, it can just grab the ducks in the same way. And it, it's a good thing that there's going to be a thousand ducks. It's just lots of food for the Kraken. You can kind of grab it with the tentacles, just take them down in different bites. You know, just, I guess, avoid choking on duck bills or whatever. <laughs> That's the only danger you're really going to run into. The ducks just don't have the attacking power. To, to kill the Kraken. Eventually, the Kraken will finish its meal. It might take a while, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Kraken. All
0: right, so you and and most people in the comment section uh, did that. I, I will be the dissenting opinion. We'll get to why in a second. It's going to read off some of the comments we had on the last video, though. Um, this is from T. McDermott. Uh, regular ducks, I think the Kraken wins. It could just pick a duck one off at a time whenever it got hungry and could dive deeper than the ducks could go if a tentacle got sore from pecking, if they were mighty ducks, though that's that is a good that is a different question uh but unfortunately they are just regular ducks they are not mighty ducks um from striatic a thousand ducks versus a kraken no question it's the supernatural horror that is the kraken that's like a light lunch for a kraken a thousand sharks or orcas now that's a true battle but a thousand ducks is a joke all right uh ty jacobs While ducks do have some defense, they lack any real offense below the surface other than a small bite. Some have teeth, but we're talking about a cryptozoological opponent here. The Kraken legend speaks of smashing large ships with a single tentacle and or dragging them to the depths. Simply put, the ducks will need air as they're hauled down to the bottom of the ocean. Either you crush said ducks in a massive slap or you slip Simply haul them down one by one and let them experience the demise of their raft. That's a good one right there. And then this one, this one might actually be my favorite. Okay, RJ. Major Mm -hmm. risk in the Kraken fight against the Thousand Ducks if the dog from Duck hunt, doc, uh, duck, uh, dog hunt, duck hunt <laughs> appears and laughs madingly Every time a tentacle swings and misses a duck, that could be too much for any monster to handle. That's from four horsemen. I do have to agree. If the dog from duck hunt is there and every time the Kraken takes a shot at a duck and it doesn't quite land, uh, <laughs> that, that would be way too much. The, the shame and everything, it would, it would be far, far too much. Um, my response is probably the least sexy idea that anyone could ever have for for something like this. And that is, I think, at the end of the day, because there's it's a thousand ducks, the Kraken at some point is just going to get tired. And... <laughs>
1: going with the exhaustion (laughs) it's
0: it's going to get exhausted it's going to get dehydrated and i think at some point the like if they're forced to fight until one side no longer exists i think the kraken might just die of exhaustion before it could get rid of a thousand ducks and the only my only thought process in that is look the ducks yes they don't totally have offense they kind of have teeth kind of don't it's like if you google it you get both answers because they have like Little uh, things, kind of like a whale to filter out like debris and stuff from their mouths, but they're not like totally hard and sharp like teeth. So, you know, debatable about whether or not ducks have teeth and have any real offense there. But at the end of the day, if the ducks just kind of fly around and avoid getting grabbed, they'll just wear the thing out right the larger the creature generally kind of the more you know the metabolism is there kraken kind of needs to eat regularly it can realistically may only grab one A or two good thing there's no food around i know... well i'm just going to say is like it can only <laughs> reasonably grab one or two ducks at a time in each tentacle, right? Like, because it's got to curl around the duck at the end. Like, how else does it get it? Like, are the ducks going to stick to the to the suction cups that it has? Like, I don't know if that's reasonable to presume. So, it's a terrible answer, I know. But I think at some point the kraken would just get so tired from having to lift those heavy tentacles out of the water where they weigh more, and that at some point it's just not going to be consuming enough calories. For what it's outputting and uh
1: it goes away <laughs> okay well okay i will give you credit for maybe Sorry, arriving bud. at the one plausible way the to... <laughs> 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 yeah, crap. that's right i believe in you um <laughs> I will give you credit for arriving at maybe the one plausible way that the Kraken could lose, I think, is exhaustion. Yeah, maybe if you're just slapping around. I have to go back to this. Dehydration. <laughs> Please explain. It's, is it not surrounded by water? Well, what else is death by
0: exhaustion if not just death by dehydration, Right.
1: I don't know how to respond to that i guess <laughs> have you ever heard um, of
0: someone dying of exhaustion and the cause of death really wasn't death of beat by dehydration
1: i have to think about that one for a little bit <laughs> let me answer your question with a, with a
0: stronger question no yeah i i understand <laughs> the kraken is in water um how does it die of dehydration i don't know i'm just assuming that at some point the the expenditure of energy is just too much. Maybe it drowns.
1: <laughs> Does it breathe? <laughs> I guess. Okay. I don't know. All right. I think you reached a little bit here, but I will ask <laughs> one more question because I'm curious. Yeah. Let's say that, because the Ducks, if they have any chance of winning, you're going to have to coordinate, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you were coaching the Ducks, if you were Dallas, Ekins, no. if you yes. were coaching these Ducks, what like how would you go about it from a strategy perspective what would you tell them to do uh just never be like too close to each other right like i said
0: if if it has to really try to single-handedly pick off a thousand ducks That's that's I I legit think that's the only way they win is just because the Kraken dies at some point before it can finish them all. (laughs) So uh, you just don't don't stick together, spread out to the four corners of whatever uh, battle arena this is taking place. in, And uh, yeah, just try to stay alive, try to conserve energy. All the ducks that are on the other side while the Kraken's down on one side, don't be moving, rest up, you know, all that kind of stuff. Maybe all the spread out, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe I've got this whole um, metabolism thing wrong and the thousand ducks would, would wear out way faster since they got to dodge all these tentacles. They might all die of dehydration first. Who knows? Here you go. All right. Got our question for next
1: week. Let us know who dies of dehydration first, a Kraken or a duck. (laughs) And someone in the comments, please explain to Dylan uh, how, how like hydration for sea creatures works. (laughs) they can get their water uh, from the
0: water surrounding them. I'm just saying, I mean, dehydration, you know, the effects of it on the body. I got to think there's an equivalent for sea creatures, fish, like anybody who's fished, right? Like if you're stuck in a really long battle, the fish can get so tired that it dies like on the line battling against it. Like that's totally legitimate thing. I've watched river monsters. I know. So it's, it's dying of exhaustion. Obviously there's some component of it there. Well, I don't know, but yes, please let me know. I would I would like to know this. Um, all right, so that was a, a interesting way to to kick this off as we get ready for training camp and everything. Let's go ahead and go through all the extensive news that we also have to cover this week, RJ. Before we can get into your experience uh, being coached by Dave Hackstall, so what is what is our first bit of news here in our our quick? quick hit segment.
1: Uh well, the Kraken have signed Daniel Sprong to a professional <clears throat> tryout agreement. Uh so good to see uh, the Flying Dutchman mm-hmm. back. Uh so he will participate in the Kraken's training camp. Uh real quick for for those who aren't familiar with what a professional tryout agreement is because it is kind of a weird thing. It's basically a tryout, it's an audition. Uh they're not signing him to a contract at all. Basically, you go to training camp, you stay there for the entirety of training camp, and if you impress enough, you can maybe earn an NHL contract. Uh, you know, maybe you end up signing a two-way deal, going to the AHL. But Daniel Sprong essentially is just going to audition for a Kraken roster spot. We'll see how he does. You know, it'll be kind of a, a crowded roster to get onto, uh, but they're going to give him a the chance there, and he'll be participating during training camp.
0: Yeah, everybody seems super excited about that on the Discord, on Twitter, and stuff. Everybody's happy to have him back. Um, you know, I'm not too surprised by it. Obviously, you know, didn't feel like it was he showed enough last season to get a full roster spot, but like we know he was all off season hanging out with like Maddie Beneers and members of the Kraken, like he was always popping up on everybody's Instagram feeds. So I'm not surprised that the team is gonna bring him back in some capacity and, and give him that shot to make the team again. Uh yeah, I, I think I think it makes sense. It's, you know, it's a no risk move, essentially.
1: Exactly, and he seems well liked by everyone. As you mentioned, he's been going to all the events. Like he was at the UW game the other day with yeah. the guys. Uh, I saw him on the rink, you know, for their informal scrimmage. Uh, he's been around.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, that one's going to be a fun, you know, as we talk about our, our, like training camp storylines to watch later. That's certainly going to be one. Uh, I I think for a lot of people. Uh, my only question though is, you know, how's he going to do? outside of springtime
1: that's true spring has not sprung yet
0: yeah exactly like do we just need to kind of hold him in reserve for the tail end of the season let him come in fresh that might be the way to go might be we'll we'll see
1: um what else has been going on in the world of news stuff rj so the Kraken also announced their training camp roster. So in addition to Daniel Sprong, we've got a whole bunch of other players uh, that will be joining him and everyone for the Kraken's training camp. Uh, it's a fairly long list. You have kind of the names you would expect everyone who's been signing on the roster. Uh, you also have some, you know, uh, invitees basically they're not really signings uh but people they're bringing along and some people who will be participating in the kraken's rookie camp starting today uh but yeah it's a long list uh let's take a look at some names here uh we've got uh let's start with the rookie camp names because that's what we're gonna see today we got maddie bennears david cotton jagger Furkus, david Goyette, luke henman kyle jackson ty cartier Jacob Melanson, Ville Petman, Tucker Robertson, Shane Wright, uh, Riker Evans, Ty Nelson, Petro Cepela, and the one goalie at rookie camp, Callum Booth. Uh, so those are the 15 names attending rookie camp. And then you've got kind of everyone else on the roster. You might expect. Uh, I do want to address a question that we've gotten a little bit since tweeting this roster out, putting it on social media. Uh, why is Chris Drieger there <laughs> on the roster? So, he is still technically on the team roster. This is everyone who is on the the Kraken, you know, officially on the roster. So even though he probably won't be participating, almost surely will not be participating on the ice, he's still there because he's on the roster. Uh, this is before anyone will be put on on IR. On, uh, I doubt anyone will be on LTIR. But on injured reserve, everyone is still on the roster for now because there is no, uh, you know, real roster size limit here for training camp.
0: Yeah, no, you can, it's... That that is the nice thing about it. Just kind of bring in everybody and and get as many looks at everyone as you can. Um, so I'm I'm looking just so that we can kind of give everybody uh, an idea of the schedule for training camp and when uh, people can show up to to maybe watch. Now is is training camp just like kind of open to the public, or is this just a RJ only affair?
1: no it is not an rj only affair fortunately uh for everyone involved it is not an rj only affair um so rookie camp which is two days kind of ahead of training camp is starts today, Monday, September 19th. And it is also tomorrow, Tuesday, September 20th. Uh, that is open to the public. You can go uh, and watch there. So doors open at ten forty five AM and the on ice session starts at eleven thirty AM, both days of rookie camp. So get out there if you can. And then training camp starts Thursday, September 22nd, uh, Right now, because the timing is subject to change, so always make sure you check in uh, and see what the timing is because you never know for sure. Uh, There are two sessions per day generally in training camp. That's how it's going to work. So for the first day of training camp, doors open 8.55 a.m., And you've got session one, which goes from 9.40 to 10.20 a.m. And then session two, which goes from noon to 12.40 p.m. So you can kind of watch. I think they split it up into, you know, team white and team blue. You can watch whichever session you want. Uh, And those are the times for, I believe, the first two days. But make sure if you're planning on going, you check what the time is for that individual day. Um, And let's see. So Thursday, Friday, and the next Monday and Wednesday are going to be open to the public. Uh, Sunday and then next Tuesday are private events for season ticket holders and members of the Depths only. Uh, training camp will go until October 7th, but the schedule from September 29th onward has yet to be announced. So I'm sure we'll get that announced soon, kind of toward the end of this week.
0: Yeah, and then also for opening day of the like full training camp, not just rookie camp, on Thursday, September 22nd, uh, they have announced that you'll be able to watch that via a live stream online, uh, but any further details will be coming soon. So (laughs) sorry, (laughs) sorry I can't tell you where you'll be able to watch that, just that you'll be able to watch it. Um, I'll put a link in the description uh, on YouTube for the uh, the training camp schedule page on the Kraken's website. Um, it seems to be updated pretty frequently, like it's it was updated for the changing in times for rookie camp and everything. So I'm assuming they'll, any additional details and then certainly the second half of camp schedule once that's announced will all be updated on that page. All right, RJ, and then there is actually one more piece of news uh, that we've had from this last week because, you know, As is tradition on the Deep Dive podcast, news gets announced, you know, basically within 24 hours of us releasing an episode, often, uh, it seems to happen, Uh, and this was, you know, another
1: one of those moments. Exactly. Like quack work, it, it always seems to happen that way, but that's fine. It means we're recording the podcast. We're going to get some fun news to talk about uh, usually the next week, but it always means we have something. Uh, and this is some pretty big news, some really cool news to uh, the Kraken have promoted Alex Mandricki to assistant GM. Now, she was kind of the head of the analytics department and doing a lot of work in amateur scouting, and she gets this well-deserved promotion to assistant GM. Uh, now, it doesn't sound like a whole lot is going to change as far as you know the day to day operations, and mostly because she already had such a big say in everything. Um, she, she basically was already you know doing a lot of the work that an assistant GM will typically do. Um, she was in charge of pretty much the whole analytics side for drafting, and um, and, and you see that in the Kraken's draft history too, they've drafted a lot of players that uh of analytics darlings, really good players like that. You know, the Jagger Furcuses of the world. Um, If you look at the analytics rankings for a lot of their drafts, they're usually in the top five over these past two years. Um, And yeah, Ron Francis, it's clearly... She's a name that Ron Francis trusts and listens to. Um, I believe she was there in the organization before Ron Francis even was there. So I think she probably had a say in that hire as well. Um, but again, well-deserved promotion. I think it just kind of fits what she was already doing. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of changes day to day. But congrats uh, to Alex Mandricchi. Um It's it's great to see. Yeah, definitely well-deserved. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a little
0: bit surprising just because of the timing of it. Just you don't often mm-hmm. hear promotions like this for like an assistant GM. You know, week out from from training camp. Usually that's something you'll do uh, earlier on in the off season. But it's you know it's totally well deserved, well earned, uh, all that stuff. I- excited uh, for for her and the opportunity that this will give, and just the kind of yeah, it, the the expanded role. And say that she'll have, um, doesn't sound like she's going to take on anything new like you talked about. Uh, just kind of like, you know, going over what Ron Francis had to say about it all here. Uh, it just sounds like it's kind of expanding um, her duties, you know, in all that stuff, including like amateur scouting and, and everything. Just, just giving a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, Kraken have been crushing it in, in that department, uh, since the beginning. And she's a big part of that. So, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of well-earned, well-deserved and, uh, you know, just a little surprise didn't happen sooner if we're
1: being honest. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. And that's kind of basically just covers the tone we're talking about. Like, well, yeah, she's promoted. I mean, like yeah, kind of should happen sooner. So yeah, that's all it seems, it seems like really
0: natural. I was kind of surprised. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Good for her. And, uh, and uh, happy for the Kraken as an organization, keeping these people around, uh, you know what I mean, that um, that have already helped them in their uh, brief history so far and, and provided a lot for the organization. You always want to see them taking care of their own. And this is certainly another example of that. So good, good stuff. All right. So now we can transition into the training camp stuff. RJ, Here. Uh, but I think we should we should hear about your experience working with Dave Hackstall. Like I said, give us on this training camp primer episode, give us a primer of what it's going to be like for these Kraken players. What is it like to step out there on the ice with coach Dave Hackstall And uh, I don't know if he screamed at you, yelled at you, you know, berated you, belittled you in front of everybody. I don't I don't know what his coaching style is like. Uh, and that's why we need to hear it from you.
1: All right. So, yes, I did get to step out on the ice uh, and, and be coached by Dave Haxtell the other day. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint. I don't think any of that stuff you were talking about may have happened. What? I'm shocked. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I will tell you all about it. Um, so, why? first of all, why was I there? What, <laughs> what was yes. going on that I was on the ice with Dave Haxtell? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so... It was the first ever Seattle Kraken Media Clinic. This is kind of an event that Kraken PR set up for us, a nice little team-building event before the season started. Really, really fun event. I'm just, I think it was great that they decided to do this. Perfect, like getting everyone back together and hanging out before the season's about to start. Uh, and so we were sent an email telling us about this media clinic. We were told that there would be a skills coach there. And they would lead us in about 20 minutes or so of drills and then we could skate around for a bit Uh, also the email added there would be a goalie to shoot on so that of course sounded fun and of course as someone who just can't get enough of playing hockey i always want to be on the ice i signed up right away and and i was really looking forward to it uh and i knew there'd be a good turnout too because i mean who wouldn't want to do this so first fun surprise of the day and we got a few of them but first fun surprise of the day as i'm there with my hockey bag getting ready aaron brown from sound of hockey walks in with a bag of goalie gear and at that point I know it's going to be a good day because, yes, Darren was the goalie. Uh, We got to have a few, you know, Emerald City Hockey versus Sound of Hockey, you know, shots of breakaway challenges. So that just set the tone for a really fun day. Um, And of course, we had a lot of great media people there. Darren was there. John Barr, also from Sound of Hockey, was there. Uh, Bob Condor was there on the ice, uh, you know, writer for the Kraken. And he was he was pretty good. Piper Shaw was there. Uh, Tim Booth was there. Uh, Charles from Circling Seattle Sports was there. Um, I was excited to finally get my friend Charles out on the ice. Uh, I got him a stick for his birthday. He finally got to use it. I taught him how to tape it up and everything. Uh, so that was fun before we even got out on the ice. Now, as we get on the ice, start skating around, warming up. It comes the big surprise. Dave Haxtell skates out on the ice. And tells us all to take a knee at center. This was not in the email. Nobody told us he'd be there. Cracking PR, just throwing the surprise at us. And everyone was thrilled. Like, whoa, look, okay, he's here. He's going to be our coach for the day. Um, it was it was pretty awesome. And he was joined by skills coach Matt Lark and director of youth hockey Martin Halinka. So... Both of those guys, professional hockey players as well. So we got a lot of great coaching talent out on the ice to help us out with our skills. Um, And yeah, it was it was as fun as you would possibly imagine it to be. So we started out with some skating drills, just getting the skating strides down, working on our edges, working on the inside edges. Um, Then we did a little stick handling. They were very adamant about keeping your head up. Mm-hmm. Ball stick handling now with with my roller hockey non checking background may have struggled with that one a little bit but tried to keep my head up just make eye contact with the coach as well stick handling may have lost the puck a few times um, and then we did some shooting drills on Darren that was really fun uh, and then we skated around did some breakaways on Darren They had a little breakaway contest so that was also a great time now I know what you want to hear about though Dave Haxtell how was he as a coach. And he was nice. He was really funny too. That's the thing. Like, you know, he'll make little comments and joke about things, you know, he was saying we're going to bag skate at the end of this. I was disappointed. <laughs> there was no bag skate at the end, unfortunately. Um, but he was making comments about the, you know, about the players we had on, on a breakaway. One of the uh, media members kind of fell uh, during a breakaway, but he got back up, stuck with, it, and he's like, Oh, I love the tenacity He's sticking with it. Let's go. You know, someone asked him, Hey, or might we see him in the lineup next week? He's like, well, let's give him a little bit more time. <laughs> You know, uh, we'll we'll take a look. You know, just those little kind of comments. It, you know, he's just has that sense of humor in the in the way that he does. So that was great. But one thing I did notice is that Dave Haxtell, he's a great skills coach. That's the thing. He would kind of focus on the people who needed just that little bit more help. Um, you know, he didn't really talk much. You know, to the experienced hockey players, he's like, okay, yeah, you you got that down. But he would really zero in on the people who were newer. You know, kind of first time players. Uh, there were some even that didn't have gloves, you know, that just they didn't have gloves. They didn't have them to bring them. So he made sure that they got gloves He's like here, let's get you some gloves. And he talked to whoever in the back and, and had them go get them some gloves. So he really kind of took care of the of the people who, you know, needed that help a little bit more
0: yeah no i i'm really happy obviously that you've got to experience all that i'm I'm super jealous everything right just being able to to go there and and kind of uh play with everybody and and stuff like uh obviously that's an amazing opportunity and and whatnot um but yes i'm i'm really happy that you were there to experience that with dave just because you know we know from last season covering the team he can be like a really fun guy to be around and a really nice guy and um, all of that stuff and he's you know, pretty funny. And it was just the unfortunate circumstances around most of last season as the team was struggling that we didn't get that Dave too often. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so mm. um, really happy that you got to to be there for that and that you get to share that with everybody um, those, those little things that he does and, and what a great guy that he, he is, um, just because, you know, over the, you know, in the middle of the season, right. Everybody's got their job to do. You're there to cover him. He's there to coach the team and, and, uh, be contractually required to talk to you. Like everybody is right. Like nobody (laughs) wants to deal with the media in the middle of a season or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, especially in a season that can, you know, be pretty accurately described as brutal um there's just not a lot of opportunities for those fun interactions and and fun things uh like there is right now you know kind of before training camp starts before everybody's really dialed in and everybody has their job to do to be able to to have an event like this where he gets to interact with you guys in the media i think is very important for everybody and um like I said, I'm just happy that uh, you get to report that now to everybody and, and
1: um, all of the fans, all the Kraken fans in the community get to hear it. Exactly. And it's, it's something that I did mention a little bit last season, because when you do see Dave behind the scenes, like uh, he's someone that's so easy to root for Yeah, as, as tough as last season was. And, and, you know, we both kind of had our, our criticisms of of the various mm-hmm. things on the ice and all that, but Seeing him behind the scenes, he's absolutely someone you want to see succeed. And, I mean, this even reinforced that so much more. Like, he didn't have to even be there. Like, you yeah. know, no one, no one expected him to be there. But he, he took the time out of his day. And and you better believe he's really busy, you know, a few days before training camp's about to start. To do this and to build relationships with the media mm-hmm. uh, and, and to just create this really fun experience for all of us. It would not have been. You know, to the same level of enjoyment if he wasn't there. And not only did he, you know, go through the skills and do all that stuff on the ice, he stuck around on the ice afterward and talked to everyone who wanted to talk with him. He even went back up. We had a, um, they had a meal prepared for us. Kraken PR always takes great care of us. They had a meal prepared for us up in the 32 bar and grill and Dave stopped by and chatted with everyone at the table for another solid half hour um, before leaving. So um, really just taking the time to, to do that and to, you know, make us all feel appreciated and and uh, kind of set that tone before the season. I mean, he's he's someone who's really easy to root for. Uh, now, before we finish talking about this, I have to give the little scouting report here on Darren Brown, the goalie, <laughs> right. because I I have been curious about this too. So, if anyone from Sound of Hockey might be listening to this, I feel like you might be. Um, I've been curious about like what it would be like to shoot on Darren Brown. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast. I bet you, you probably listened to Sound of Hockey's podcast, yeah. too. A lot of people probably fans of both. So if any of you guys are wondering, he is a very good goalie. Mm-hmm. I will say that much. The glove hand, I could not beat him glove side. As much as I tried, I couldn't beat him glove side. And he made some great saves uh, with the glove hand. Five hole could use a little work, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the tough spots for goalies. Mm-hmm. I, I've got to give equal measures of good and bad, like you do in your scouting reports. Yep. Uh, but... He's, he's a great goalie. Uh, The mask game, just amazing. As you would expect, you know, Darren Brown of goalie gear corner, he's got his goalie gear on point. Uh, You know, the pads, the glove, the block are all matching. And then the mask, it's really cool. I I even took a few pictures, one side, New York city, the other side, Seattle uh, with the NHL, the Seattle crest kind of bring it all together and the, uh, the crap weasel, along the forehead (laughs) to, to tie everything together. Uh, it's a great mask as you would expect from Darren.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I, I got to imagine that that was, you know, might've been the highlight for you getting, getting to go up against him (laughs) and, uh, and, and figure that stuff out. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of fun banter between the two of you, uh, related to this for, for a good little bit.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, we we both had our moments there, Uh, you know, as far as good plays and everything. Mm -hmm. He stopped me in the breakaway contest, which that's the one I wanted the most uh, because I was trying to do the little Forsberg one hand move out to the side. And I just ran out of room. But uh, he had me pretty good there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. uh, Super exciting. Uh, Love to get that opportunity uh, at some point, uh, maybe later down the road. See if we can make that happen. (laughs)
1: Yep. <laughs> nudge, nudge
0: nudge wink wink we'll see if we can make that come on guys let's do it um yeah really if you if you're if you'll face rj you got nothing to be afraid of with me
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> fair that's, enough that's,
0: I guess, I guess, that's probably the our best uh our route to take when it comes to all of that um all right training camp storylines uh there's there's a handful that i feel like just really everybody's in pretty solid agreement on as far as what we're looking forward to uh, in training camp, the what questions we want answered. And I think a good place to start is just with Shane Wright. Uh, you know, what's Shane Wright going to look like? And obviously, towards the end of training camp, is he going to be on the team, right? Or is he going to be uh, sent back to the OHL? Um, I'm really looking forward to this one, especially after the uh, development camp that happens o- over the summer, because I think both you and I kind of walked away from that going like, you know, OK, he didn't have the best development camp. It was obvious that he was, you know, one of the top players there. He was always involved in plays, all of that kind of stuff. But I mentioned it at the time that it felt like he was trying a little bit too hard. You know, there was just oppor- you know times where the puck would just kind of he'd make a move and, you know, maybe forget the puck. Or uh, a pass would just be a little off because he was trying too hard to look off a defender or something. You know what I mean? And it was just that he was trying a little bit too hard in kind of all facets of the game, except for defense, where it was clear that's just what he's a natural at, right? Getting back and defending rushes. There was plenty of times where there'd be a breakaway going the other way. He was able to not only get back, but completely disrupt what that player wanted to do in a way that would not draw a penalty right like it is so hard to skate somebody down from behind who's on a breakaway get your stick around stick lift disrupt their ability to play the puck without you know reaching around without hooking them without doing any of those things um but it was clear that Shane Wright knows how to do that stuff his defensive game was on point uh so i'm really intrigued to see how Shane Wright looks in a situation where he doesn't need to try to be the big fish in the little pond. He just needs to be the little fish in the big pond and absorb as much information from the coaching staff and all of the veteran players as possible, and kind of find his place with this Seattle Kraken roster. Uh, for me, that is just something I am so looking forward to to figuring out over the course of this training camp.
1: Exactly, and it's one of the top storylines at camp. Probably the top storyline. I am just eager to see how he's going to perform on the ice when he's not a few days removed from one of the craziest whirlwinds probably of his life. Yeah. I, I don't know how he was able to even focus on the ice just a few days after that draft. And mm-hmm. how everything happened there, uh, I'm sure it was one of the last things he saw coming. Uh, you know, we kind of laughed at the notion of him falling to Seattle at four before the draft. It, you know, Imagine having to live it. Uh, we, we've seen that, uh, that yeah. draft documentary that they put out. I mean, it, it completely caught him by surprise. And then to immediately have to fly out to Seattle, get on the ice, and, and play some good hockey. Like, that's a tough thing to do. And I think we'll see a Shane, Wright That's more himself uh, in training camp. And I'm looking forward to seeing that starting today in rookie camp. Uh, yeah. That's going to be the number one thing I'm looking out for. Now it leads to the question, does Shane, Wright Stick with the team. Does he stay with the crack in all season? Because that's going to determine a lot of what happens for his development, how this season goes, all of that. Now, Listening to how the organization and people in the org talk about him, Ron Francis especially, it sounds like they are hoping that he will stick on the team. They're hoping he'll make the team. They're kind of planning that he will make the team, it sounds like, because they didn't go out and get a 3C. They are leaving that spot open for him. Uh, That is the plan, but at the end of the day, he's going to have to go out and earn it. So it's going to be a very important training camp for Shane Wright
0: yeah no it, it does it sounds like they're giving him every opportunity but you know he he has to seize those opportunities right they're going to leave the door open for him it's it's up to him to you know walk through the doorway uh doors <laughs> doors greater than wheels um <laughs> throwback you don't walk uh, through the wheel you don't walk through the wheel right could you imagine um So yeah, that one's going to be really interesting to watch. I think the other one, just to kind of stick with uh, rookie camp stuff, uh, I think everybody, you know, the other big question for rookie camp and training camp and everything that people would have is, you know, Ryan Winterton
1: didn't see his name on that roster, RJ. No, we didn't. And he also missed dev camp earlier this Mm -hmm. summer. Uh, I can ask about that for clarification once we get to talk to everyone, but uh, I imagine that it's probably the same injury that kept him out of dev camp that's also keeping him out of training camp and that if so is a really tough blow for ryan winterton i mean he has struggled to stay healthy since the crack and even before the crack and drafted him you know missed a whole junior season uh, has been dealing with injuries the talent is absolutely there uh, but at a certain point he's going to need to stay healthy in order to develop properly uh let's hope that it's just a, a kind of a short term setback or that you know maybe his timeline's a little bit late so it's best just to keep him at junior camp maybe that's the thinking there especially because he's missed so much time in junior uh you know over all this time so let's hope that's what it is but yeah it is disappointing not to see ryan winterton's name on that roster
0: yeah i know everybody was looking forward to it because he had such a good year last year oh man going all the way up through memorial cup and everything like it it was just such a fantastic season i know everybody was super pumped to try to see him at, at dev camp uh, i gotta assume everybody was pumped to to see him here and yeah it's just an unfortunate reality of um of sports, right? Injury and and all the stuff that goes along with it. So, um, hopefully, uh, Ryan Winterton could get back out there as soon as possible. Because uh, I know a lot of Kraken fans really looking forward to seeing him. Sure. L- uh, looking ahead to actual training camp, past rookie camp, uh, some some big questions there. I think another you know another kind of universal question is just going to be. How does like you know the new additions look, and who do they kind of gel with? Who do they find chemistry with? Talk about guys like Andre Burakovsky, Albert Bjorkstrand, Justin Schultz. Um, so you know. Obviously, one of the things everybody wants to know coming out of train camp, what are the lines going to be? What's all that stuff going to look like? I think it's way too early to, to truly speculate on that. We already kind of have, right? Like on the website, we've got the projected lineup. We've done our best guess, but now is the time where we can actually see these guys step on the ice with Yanni Gord, Matty you know, Jordan Eberle, everybody on the team, and see who develops chemistry with whom, because that's, that's going to be the ultimate uh, deciding factor for it all. So, um, you know, it's, it's not so much, there's not really like a question I could ask you about it, RJ. It's just, (laughs) I want to see Bjorkstrand. I want to see Burakovsky. I want to see them
1: out there with these guys. I think we're all eager to see what combinations the coaching staff tries uh, Mm -hmm. and comes up with eventually uh, as as what they decide for the start of the season. Uh, But they're going to try a number of different things. That's something that's kind of clear through any training camp. We saw it last year a bunch because everybody was new, Uh, but you're going to try a lot of different line combinations. What you see on day one of training camp is probably not what you're going to see on day four or five of training camp lines wise, but you start to see, who builds chemistry with one another. And that's one of the really fun parts of going in person and getting to see how all the players interact with each other is that chemistry. We noticed it kind of between Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Everly at the start of last season. Uh, Unfortunately, they weren't, you know, able to stay healthy together for, for very long, but you know, you notice what, Usually pairs seem to get along well, uh, and that's something that with and Andre Burakovsky with an Oliver Bjorkstrand, who are they going to mesh with? Uh, that's a really big question as far as these new arrivals. Uh, and I'm interested to see what line combos they're going to go with. You know, who plays with Maddie Beniers? That's mm-hmm. going to be a huge question. Uh, you know, who do they try out there? Um, just lots of interesting things to look at. You know, we've got the projected lineup on the website, and that's just kind of what we were projecting as of the free agent signings. But you remember Dylan, when we were looking, trying to figure out where it all went, there were so many moving pieces, any of which we could have gone with. There were a lot of different permutations. We eventually just settled on that one, but so many other ways that they could line up. For sure. It's going to just have to be one that uh, everybody's just going to have to
0: tune in to the Emerald city hockey, Twitter at Emerald city, HKY for your updates as camp goes on. And, And of course, you know, come back weekly for these deep dives where we'll talk about it and break it down as camp goes on. But yeah, I mean, I I wasn't trying to like just make this whole like question segment a plug for us, but (laughs) bottom line is, you know, I'm going to be like most Kraken fans, right? I'm I'm not there for training camp. So I'm going to be, you know, waiting and and reading everybody's tweets about it just to try to absorb as much of that information as possible. Tuning in to the live stream on Thursday, trying to, trying to see what I could see day one, (laughs) probably not going to get, you know, all the lines figured out day one, but looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, if you're, if you are able to everybody go, go, you know, check it out in person if you're, if you're able to. And, uh, Get to see it for yourself, and then let us know on the Discord. Just to add another plug-in, you know.
1: <laughs> there you go. Let us know what you think. Uh, would highly, highly recommend. If you can make it out to any of the days of training camp, it is a fantastic experience to get to see these players mm-hmm. up close and in person. Uh, you know, working on the skills that they're going to be building all season. And if you can't make it, uh, I will be there every single day of training camp. Every minute, I will have you covered. Completely just follow the Emerald City Hockey Twitter uh, and I'll give, be doing live updates uh, from uh, Kraken Community Iceplex. Yep. Uh, and and then, yeah, I touched on it
0: a little bit there uh, when we we're talking about like general lineup stuff. Justin Schultz, I'm really intrigued to see how the defensive pairings shape out. You know what I mean? Like because obviously we, we you know, we kind of finished the season with, pairings, kind of, you know what I mean? And, and generally, you'll see that stuff carry over season to season. But I don't know how set everything really was last year. And then obviously, you know, it, it's I guess it's just a weird situation because you have the right side fairly set. It's just going to be who's going to pair with whom on the left. You know what I mean? I feel like that's kind of odd that you'd have just one side of your D kind of figured out as far as who's going to be first, second and third pairing. And then you just kind to find matches for them.
1: Right. And and you do have a few more lefties than righties. And so you, okay, are you, are you going with maybe like a Jamie Alexiak playing the right side? Lots of different ways you could line this up. And I think at the end of last season, yes, you did have your pairs that seemed pretty solid and constant, but I think a lot of that too is not wanting to try a new D pair on the fly like that late in a season when have already been kind of suspect you know the kraken were one of the worst teams in the league last season uh, from that perspective and you don't want to necessarily change things up too much uh, because you just don't have the time at that point in the season to work on it but now you do now you can really move things around shuffle the d pairs play with different possibilities and i think the coaching staff is probably going to want to take advantage of that
0: yeah so i i think you know for me personally that's something i'm really really looking forward to seeing shake out training camp wise um, not sure I'd call them training camp battles per se, but it, but it is that, right? Everybody is competing for playing time uh, in that regard. Um, what else? What, what are some of the storylines you're looking forward to, RJ?
1: Enough of me. I'm, I'm interested in seeing uh, what the goaltending situation is behind mm-hmm. Philip Grubauer because we know that Grubauer is going to be the Kraken starter. I mean, that is locked in and he's probably going to have to play a lot of games given that Chris Drieger will miss the majority of the season with the torn ACL. Uh, He suffered at the world championships, unfortunately, but we do have five goalies in training camp. Um, It's a lot of different names and, Martin Jones is probably the presumed backup, and that would certainly make sense. Yeah. But you've also got some pretty good goalies behind him, too. You know, not necessarily saying that, the, you know, one of them going to come up and, and steal the job in camp here. But we saw Joey Decord last season. We know the organization thinks highly of him. He had a great season in Charlotte last year. And you've got to think he's going to try and earn that backup job because mm-hmm. at this point in his career, that's what you're really trying to do. I think you look at it. He's what, what is he, 25?
0: Yeah, I was just I was literally
1: just going to do the same thing. Look it up. Um, 26. Yeah. So, I mean, that is the time that's that's kind of put up or shut up time as a goalie. I mean, you should earn an NHL spot or not by then. And, you know, he's going to be trying really hard to earn that backup job. I mean, he's he's been in the organization for a year longer than Martin Jones. You know, they kind of know a little bit more what Mm -hmm. they have and he's going to go all out to try and earn it. So I think you can't discount him. And then. Manus Helberg. Helberg, he's I think he's you know kind of an underrated goalie. He's yeah. very big, you know. I like the, the kind of six foot five frame and everything. Uh, had his great career in Europe, has played just a, a few NHL games here and there. Likely a, a pretty long shot there, probably gonna be in Coachella Valley, but I don't think you can fully write him off just yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how everything shakes out in net because you have just a lot of question marks beyond Philip Grubauer. And it's going to be very important that you get someone in there who can start, you know, 20 to 30 games.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing we can say for sure is that Coachella Valley is going to have a heck of a goaltending tandem.
1: Oh, for sure. (laughs) Whoever ends up,
0: uh, you know, odd man out or odd men out. um, It's going to be pretty sweet for the Firebirds in that but yeah, I mean it is it is a tough one. Uh this is totally the time for somebody in Joey DeCord's situation. Obviously played fantastic last year in the AHL. Um, you know usually that would be enough to to earn the backup hmm. gig of the following season. Obviously it's just a weird situation with it being an expansion team, so you had, you know, a, a Drieger with a group and everything like that was just how things Shook out last season. Obviously, you get the opportunity this year. Can see that the Kraken, you know, maybe not totally happy with his um, play or performance when he was up with the Kraken last season. But again, we've we talked about like almost all of those starts had weird circumstances surrounding them. They were not like ideal situations to try to build someone's confidence at the NHL level or ease them into anything, right? Like it's like, Hey, you know, basically stay up for 24 hours and then go play a hockey game after you've been traveling cross country and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like there were lots of situations like that, where it's easy to excuse maybe the performance. Um, now at the end of the day, this is sports. It is a performance, you know, uh, driven thing, uh, that's just the way it is, right? Like, you know, for, for players, for coaches, right? With Dave Haxwell going back to earlier, right? Like he's a fantastic guy. We all love him at, at some point though, you have to talk about the realities, uh, of, of the situations. It is, it is very much driven by what, um, you know, how, how you perform, how the team performs, how you perform personally, if you're a player, uh, that is just what sports is. It can be a very cruel and unforgiving landscape in that regard. I know when I was trying to break in the big, the big thing everybody said was like, you haven't worked in this business until you've been fired. Like, that's just one of those things because it's, it just, it happens for everybody. No matter how great you are, you're fired at some point. Wayne Gretzky fired, right? You know what I mean? At some point like that, it just happens um coaching wise anyway uh and so uh, it is just one of those things so but yes i'm i'm looking forward to it i i really want joey to to succeed um it just it's yeah it, it's just gonna it's gonna take a, a good performance here from training camp and we'll see and and you know let's say the does really well how does that shake out for martin jones then if you know what I mean. Like- right.
1: I, it, it's tough because then, you know, you brought him in, he's he sort kind of agreeing to be the backup there. Yeah. His cap hits a little bit more than you can bury in the minors. So right. you, know, you have kind of that dead cap money as well. I think certainly the plan is for Jones to be the backup, but you want to give right. the, the chance to come up and earn that. And I think he will have that chance. Yeah. So what we'll, we'll keep our eyes focused on the net, because especially in those preseason games, mm-hmm. I think that could be real, the real audition there.
0: Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate where it's one of those like, you know, even if DeCord looks pretty good in camp and everything and and in most circumstances would earn a spot, there are extenuating circumstances that might mean he doesn't get that spot just because of the realities of having Martin Jones there and the contract he signed and everything like that. So I just, you know, throwing that out there that that you know, is a possibility. There is definitely the possibility where Joey Decord looks very good, but it has to start the season in Coachella Valley because that's just how the organization is kind of set up at the moment, uh, unfortunately. So yes, definitely looking forward to all that, the, the goaltending battle. I think that's a fantastic one. I think the other thing that everybody is, you know, kind of waiting for it. something we've talked about a lot through this offseason, a lot, a lot, a lot. And that's, you know, what's the leadership structure going to look like coming out of training camp? Uh, are they going to name a, name a captain? Who is going to be named captain? Uh, I think that's something and, you know, that's not something we're going to get early on, I would assume. Usually that's something that will come towards the trail end of uh, a tail end of training camp. Um, but that, I think that's certainly something a lot of Kraken fans are waiting for for sure and we've
1: seen so much debate over this too as far as yeah. you know if there's a captain who should be named the captain mm-hmm. because there's not just really one contender. It's not obvious. There are several contenders and yeah. different ways that they could go. I know you've talked about thinking that maybe it might be Maddie Beneer's time, even, even yeah. this early. Uh, Yanni Gord, certainly a fan favorite uh, to be captain. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Jordan Eberle, uh is, is kind of an underrated pick as far as his chances uh, of being named captain. I, I've even heard Adam Larson out there. You would like say, that, let's, I know.
0: Let's go, big cat. I got his... Uh got his deep v hey there it is workout uh, uh, yeah shipping. you got the
1: deep v there um so yeah you have to you have to wear that i think every day if he gets named captain just have to wear oh, it yeah. every single day of the season for sure um and just like you know with a marker put a little c yes. on it or something <laughs> there you go um but yeah there's so many options they could go with um i believe mark giordano was named it was like you know october Tenth or something. Yeah, it was it was, really it was pretty late, uh, right before the start of the season. So it's not something we'll find out right away. But I think we're going to see a lot of speculation, especially at these open training camp sessions. Maybe yeah. from fans looking at, oh, look, Yanni's coaching up this younger player. You know, he's kind of giving some pointers here, or you know, oh, Maddie Beniers. He's you know, he's looking like a leader. He's taking a mm-hmm. lot of the media scrums, things like that. I think people are going to really try and read between the lines here and and try and figure out, okay. Who's winning the captain battle? It's going to be something fun to watch.
0: It's definitely going to be fun to speculate on it. And yes, read way too much into everything that happens because that's just (laughs) naturally what we all want to do. Um, Ultimately, it's just going to be whoever in the locker room away from what anybody can see does. uh, Right. Like that's that's what's going to decide it all is just, you know, the players who they feel they want to 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 go to battle with and and be their leader in that regard so it's it's gonna be interesting we're gonna we'll we'll try and we'll speculate because that's what we (laughs) do right that's and it's fun but uh i it'll be interesting to see if yeah if if what we see ends up lining up with what the players see and and decide on uh themselves i i do think let's 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 try to do this real quick rj like betting favorites like kind of how would favorites. you yeah like how would you rank them kind of like you know what i mean if you were to if you had to put out a a, a future sheet um who who do you think's the favorite who do you think's maybe maybe pulling up the the rear something like that okay i,
1: I think yanni gord probably be the betting favorite at this point mm-hmm. um there's just kind of the most buzz around his name I I think Jordan Everly should really be in that conversation. I don't hear as many people mm-hmm. talking about him. I think the odds might be a little bit longer because you're not you just you know you're not going to have people kind of put as much money yes. on that. Um, so I think it might be one of those. It's kind of kind of yeah. driven by where where the fans are. Um, I think Maddie Beniers would probably have the second best odds mm-hmm. um, because you know again the the name we know it feels like we know he's going to be the captain of this team yeah. at some point uh, in his career. But is it now? We'll see. Um out of Larson I think it would still be a pretty long shot what do you think
0: yeah I was gonna say I think Larson probably has the worst odds and I feel like that's in part because maybe he wouldn't really want it I don't know like obviously that's like some intense speculation there uh but it felt like from everybody last year that it was you know yeah he had the a or whatever but it, it just felt like from the outside looking in there wasn't he wasn't doing a lot, but then you get to the, all the exit interviews and everybody's like, no, he's like this really solid, quiet leader kind of guy where he, he, like steps up when somebody needs it or whatever. And he, and he takes care of them or he'll show them whatever in, in a practice, but he, he tended to do it all away from the eyes of the media and fans. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of seems like that's more his style. Uh, so I don't know if, if then being captain would be the the thing, so to speak, um, for him. So I, I would probably put Larson at the tail end of it all. I do think that I, I agree with you. I think Yanni Gord's gotta be the favorite, uh just by far and away the most uh speculation that we've heard. Um I do I have kind of come around. I still think like it wouldn't be bad if Maddie was named captain. I don't think it would be a problem. I don't think it's too soon. I think he could handle it. I still firmly stand by all the arguments I made over the course of the off season, but I've kind of come around to the idea of if they truly think it's going to be Maddie's team and they don't want to have to like, you know, they want they want Maddie to be captain sooner rather than later, but they don't want to have to necessarily strip the captaincy from somebody. Then they might just roll through this season without a captain, and and just go with you know having a bunch of alternates and and whatnot. And I I still think that's a a legit possibility for this team anyway. Like let's say Everly and Gord both look really good, just just go. You know, like that, right? Like there isn't. You don't have to have a
1: captain. It's not like it's a a rule. You know what I mean? Um, no, you don't. I mean, the Golden Knights. You know, went a while before naming a captain. Yeah. And, you know, on on ice, they they were pretty successful and and the room gelled pretty well. So, um, certainly something that's on the table. Thinking about it, I might actually give that the second best odds behind Yanni Gord.
0: Right. That's kind of what I'm feeling because you know another name in there is uh Schultz. Right. Like, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. Um uh, just because he's a he's a veteran player, he's been through a lot, been through lots of different experiences and and everything like uh, or not uh, Schultz Schwartz, excuse me.
1: Okay, I was going to yeah. say cuz I like I mean, Schultz, do you?
0: Look, Schultz is a veteran player <laughs> and he's been through a lot of different experiences, playoff runs, all that kind of stuff, but Sh- uh Schwartz is who I met not not Schultz, sorry. Okay. Uh yes, yeah, that's on me. Um you know, I I I think Schwartz is another name in there, but it, it's one of those like when looking at it, I don't know that any one particular person totally stands out like beyond a Matty Beneers or maybe a Yanni Gord. Uh, it's more of like a collective leadership group. And so I could just see the team deciding to move forward with that. And not, you know, especially after the season they had last year, you're still only one year of playing together as a group and everybody being involved with each other. It's entirely possible that the players inside the locker room who are ultimately going to have to decide this and the leadership group, it's possible they all just agree. Hey, let's just all share this, you know, share this load together and um, and we'll go with it like that.
1: And they did that kind of in the sec- in the last, you know, quarter of, of last season after the trade deadline and, and Giordano was gone. And I felt like the, the effort, the compete was still there. That's something that yeah. we talked about is the team never quit. In some ways, they looked a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, not saying like you being gone had anything to necessarily do with that. But the leadership didn't struggle, it seemed like. It no. seemed like they were fine from a leadership perspective. So I think they would be OK again without a captain. Yeah. I
0: mean, it almost makes it easier. And really in any locker room at any point, anybody can stand up and just be like, okay, we got to get our, you know, what together here and and figure it out. Right. And anybody's capable of, you know, during an intermission going on a rant and and firing everybody up or whatever. But I do think that that's one of those things that would be easier in a situation where you don't have one set captain, but you've got four or five alternates where on any given night, any one of those guys can stand up and really kind of take charge of the locker room and, and, and take that, that mantle on and, and, you know, rally the team. Like, I I think that that's something that this group coming off of, you know, a season in which they were the expansion team and dealing with all of that. And now this year where you're working in, you know, more new additions in the free agents, you've got, you know, one of your top players uh, being brand new to the NHL, all that kind of stuff. Like I could just see that maybe being the best option for them. At the end of the day is just to not have anybody have to take on that, you know, sole focus and role of dealing with the media and dealing with the officials and dealing with all of those things uh, that the captain has to deal with, but just them kind of uh, sharing it so that, you know, at any given point,
1: there is someone there who will be ready and fresh for it. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. So I don't know what that'll look like if we try and read between the lines at training camp. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, nobody's taking the mantle. Yeah. Yes, um, but
0: uh, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to create the storyline of wow, nobody's nobody's really stepping up and looking like a leader here. This is a problem or whatever. But but yeah, I, I think it I,
1: would I, look like more. A lot of people are.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I and I just want to. And that's partly why I'm bringing it up now is so that if that comes out and that's the end result is that there is no captain named. That it doesn't, like, take us by surprise and that it doesn't mean that nobody stepped up and nobody felt comfortable giving it to anybody. I think there's a lot of very reasonable and, in some cases, better reasons for that, particularly with this group and everything that they've gone through and what this season is going to look like for them as they try to rebound from a season where the expectations really, really weren't there and they had to deal with all of that stuff. I I do think that kind of a, a, a group leadership capacity might be the better option moving forward anyway. So I definitely do not think it would be a bad thing if that's what happens. And I don't think that we should freak out or read anything into it if that becomes the, um, the eventual thing. And look, they can name a captain at any point during the season. It's not like you have to do it in training camp. They could decide, "Hey, you know what? We've got two or three guys that we all feel pretty comfortable with. Let's let's get into the season and we can, you know, look at it at the trade deadline or uh, at the All-Star break." You know what I mean? And we can all regroup and see how the season's going there and, you know, maybe during the course of that time, one person it feels like you know, more so than than everybody else is the person rallying us when we're down and keeping us going and defending those tight leads and all that kind of stuff. And um, they get named captain as the season goes on. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Just because it's not the traditional way of handling it doesn't mean it's a bad thing.
1: Exactly. That There's many, many ways to do leadership. Uh, and I think the Kraken just need to explore what's going to be best for them.
0: Yeah. So um looking forward to, to that and we'll see how, you know, training camp looks for that. Um, yeah. I mean, those are, I feel like the big training camp questions everybody's got. Right. And, you know, again, it's hard because it's not like we can like give answers to any of them. We got to wait and see.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the fun. Every week that's... we get to kind of report and, and see how all these storylines are going. Uh, what answers or bits of answers that we have uh, for that given week.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think we'll go ahead and uh, end the pod now, let you go and uh, get ready and head off to rookie camp. Uh, I know that starts here uh, soon-ish. Um, so excited for that. And then yes, everybody, like we said before, you know, check out the training camp if you can, if you're able to you know, uh, get down there uh, to KCI and, and go see it. See it. Uh, Thursday is going to be that live stream uh, again, just kind of keep checking the Kraken website for the details on that. Pay attention to their social media feeds and stuff. Uh, and then, of course, pay attention to our social media feeds. Like we said, on Twitter, at uh, Emerald City HKY is where you can find us on Twitter. RJ will be tweeting up a storm. If last season training camp had oh, yeah. anything to go by, it's going to be tre- tweeting up a storm and uh, and, and going to have lots of good stuff for us. And then you know we'll break it all down on next week's Deep Dive uh, as we do. So really, really looking forward to it.
1: Yep. And if you're there, come say hi. If you Mm -hmm. see me, come say hi. Like I've I've got ECH stickers and and deep dive stickers and pins and stuff. Come say hi. You might get a little treat. And it's always just fun to meet you too, meet the listeners of our podcast uh, and be able to kind of put a face to the name. I really do enjoy that. And especially in a fun environment like training camp, there's nothing better. So yeah, come say hi if you see me. And before we sign off, I got one more story, all right, that I remembered. From the media thing, Dave Haxtell's story. Yeah, let's go. He he definitely stuck to the coaching for pretty much the whole time, but he did give us one little taste of his hockey skill, all right? Uh So we were lining up for a shooting drill, right? And we were kind of coming around the face-off circle, and you come around and you take a shot, basically like a horseshoe drill for those who, who know that. But anyway, he decided to demonstrate, and he grabbed the puck, came around, walked in on Darren, and just ripped a laser that beat Darren high glove side. Nobody else beat Darren glove side that day. And just right by him, Darren had no chance. Hardest shot of the day. I, we all just kind of our jaws dropped like, whoa, OK. And there was no effort to it either. Like he didn't yeah. really wind up or anything. Just incredible what, you know, <laughs> what these guys who've been mm-hmm. in hockey for their whole lives can do. As far as shooting the puck, that was the only shot of the day. Just kept it one for one right under yep. the bar. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got some game.
0: Yep. Darren's all welcome to the NHL moment. <laughs>
1: okay, absolutely. Just... Yeah. You'll uh, um, remember that one.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, you know what? That gives me a quick idea, RJ, right before we we finish this last thing. Um, what's like one thing you would suggest to someone to, to kind of pay attention to during training camp? Because for me, it might be Jared McCann's wrister. Like, just watch how Ooh, fast yes. and how hard. Like, he's going to miss the net at some point. They all do. And it's going to smack the glass, everybody. And it's going to be the loudest sound you're going to hear uh, all at any point during training camp. Just But just watch how easy it is. Just this motion, this flick of the wrist, and how fast that puck launches off of his stick blade. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, the the quick release is amazing. And that's a great part about training camp is getting to see each player's individual skills Mm -hmm. uh, and see them up close. Because you just, especially if you've ever been on the ice, for you just wouldn't believe what these guys can do, you know, compared to just the average human. Uh, It's incredible. I'm trying to think of, um, you know, of a skill dimension here because there's, I mean, you know, there's so many that these players have. Um, I I mean, I I would say also just look at, uh, I mean, look at guys stick handling and they're and the yeah. well, stick handling, you know, just how quickly they're able to move the puck around on their stick. And it's the kind of thing, if you ever, if you've ever picked up a hockey stick and tried it, you know, even with, with just like a tennis ball in your backyard or whatever, it's so easy for, for a puck or the ball just to get away from you mm-hmm. uh, and, and how they're able to just keep it on a string. And certain guys like Matty Beniers is, is definitely one to, uh, to look at with that. um, Andre Burakovsky also just seeing him, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't seen him up close, but watching through that cup run, Um, you know, watch the stick hand and the way they're able to just control the puck at speed.
0: Yeah. And, and anybody who's also tried like a, you know, regulation hockey puck on ice and stuff like it's heavier than you think it is. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like it takes more, it, really is. it takes more force than you think to get it to move around and, and stuff. And so it just goes to show uh, just how skilled and talented and strong all these guys are. It's, it's really, it's really cool. So yeah, those are just some, some things to look forward to. Obviously everything is, is good. You know, dial in on some guys skating. It's absolutely like incredible. Some of the stuff you'll see them do too. Um, so yeah, it's just more reason to to go and check it out if you can. Uh, to, to be able to see it in person and up close like that it's, it's really really cool um, but you know and you know what let's make that the question for everybody what are you looking forward to seeing in training camp and because some training camp stuff will have already happened let us know what you saw at training camp uh, that really impressed you something that stood out to you a player that stood out to you something like that and uh, we'll read those off for for next time that can kind of be our question to everybody for uh next week's pod and uh rj you, you're gonna have to pull double time and c- cover it for us both I'll, I'll watch yep, the live stream do. on thursday looking forward we'll to see. it but yeah glad to hear your takes all right awesome sounds good um can't wait for 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 this week it's gonna be super super fun and we'll see everybody next time